For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In Vikings, the December 28th edition, it is Packer Week, and the Vikings just defeated the New York Giants thanks to a 61-yard field goal from Greg Joseph, who to thunk it, longest one in Vikings history. We're going to talk about that, and then, of course, get into Packer Week and our emotions and vibes on that. I'm here with Bryant McKinney, Sal Spice, Ron Saw, and Yannick Eckhart. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So the Vikings knocked off the Giants this time. And the thing this time was a franchise uh, record setting field goal from 61 yards out. Uh, the rest of the game had a very familiar blueprint in a good way. Uh, there were turnovers forced. The Vikings protected the ball. There were hot and cold streaks on offense. Go figure. And there were low penalties. And that has been the formula uh, for these Vikings, especially roaring back in the fourth quarter. They scored 17 points against the Giants in the fourth quarter. And now with two games left, they've scored more quarters in the fourth quarter than any other Vikings team in team history. So everything was uh, hitting for the way they like to do things. Ron, I'm going to ask you about this field goal. Uh, when it went up in the air, 61 yards, went through the uprights. Is this enough for you now? Because Greg Joseph has hit five game-winning field goals this season. Even though he had some hiccups with extra points, is he is he your guy now, once and for all after this? Well, I think I said before, like we could have prime Justin Tucker back there, and I don't think any Vikings fan really will ever be, will ever feel great about it. Uh, but I mean, hats off to Joseph. Like that was a difficult kick, um, obviously distance, um, but also just, I can't imagine his confidence um, just in a kick like that, you know, but it seems at least he's missed them when you don't expect them to, to make or to miss them. Like it's, they score a touchdown. Oh, great. We got seven on the board. You come back to look at the screen. It's like, wait, we only got six. What happened? And so, um, but kudos to him. He, uh, he, I mean, he had plenty of leg on that. So, um, and it looked great off the off the kick so it's one of those that uh um you know if it had the leg like you couldn't deny it so um happy for him happy for how the team was able to kind of get in position to, to get him that that opportunity 
Sally, I was hard on him about a month ago when he had hissed, hit his, excuse me, missed his fifth extra point, and it felt like life has to be better than this. There has to be other solutions. I didn't, you know, I wasn't calling for an out release, but it became more than a nuisance. It was problematic. And then he goes and does this, and almost quietly, he's hit four game-winning field goals in the final minutes of games, and it's quite remarkable. Is is he enough to be your guy now? Well, I think that, yeah, we were all worried about him this entire season. And I think we've all said that it's, it was pretty crazy that despite all of the wild things that were happening in games and all the extra points that he missed and kicks that <laughs> that never cost them a game. Yeah, um, so it, weird. It, yeah, it was really weird how, despite his struggles, it really, other than having to go to a couple overtimes, they shouldn't have, he really hasn't affected them negatively. Personally, when I saw that they were going to go for the kick, I didn't agree with that decision. I would have rather them just went for it and tried to score a touchdown at that time because I thought there's no way. This is pretty much just a waste of a play is what I thought. Um, that's why I'm sitting here in my bedroom right now and not on the sideline <laughs> with Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> like, Sally, I think I'm with you there because in my mind, like, again, being a sick, if 51 is different than 61, but in my mind, I was like, so much more can go wrong at this point than can potentially go right because kicking a long field goal, you have to be lower. Um, obviously, uh, Dexter Lawrence is a massive human being in the middle who's blocked um, his share of kicks at this level. Um, so that's concerning. And then also the, it brought me back to Antonio Cromartie versus the Vikings when, you know, Bryant, when Adrian went for um, 296 or whatever it was, when, mm. when you kick it short, you give them an opportunity for 190 or for whatever, 109 on the return because it's all offensive and defensive linemen out there. So I, Sally, I'm with you hundred percent. I wasn't ecstatic when they lined up for it, but uh, Hey, you know, we're exercising demons. That's what this season's all about. Right. So hopefully he's hitting his stride at the right time. Now his confidence is gotta be up there after hitting, uh, making a franchise record. Right. So this is, this is how you want to go into the postseason for sure. I think the only problem with, not kicking it and winding it up and just throwing it is our uh, Hail Mary play is always a sack every <laughs> damn time. <laughs> it's like at the end of the half, oh, here comes the Kirk sack. It's like you're, you're right. Oh, you're it's right. it's so frustrating because I, I, I'm convinced that's the only team it happens to. Uh, Brian, what do you know about kicker psychology? Do you think a 61 yarder gets the guy on the right path going forward? Because I think it gives him an ego boost. Um, but like y'all keep saying, like he's making, he's missing the shorter kicks. So I'm just like, I can see if he was struggling with the longer ones, he's missing the shorter ones. But it definitely gives you an ego boost. I feel like it also allows the um, head coach to know that he has potential to make these longer kicks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was that was shaky because I think I don't know if Kevin O'Connell expressly said after Joseph had missed five of his first six over fifty that you know we're done doing this. But I think there was hints that, you know, we're going to have to go for it if we're on the 40-yard line. And now you might be able to start to explore a little bit more of his range if he has the cojones to drill a game winner from 61. Mm-hmm. Yannick, uh, you were you were next to me when that kick went through. I don't know. We, we were both kind of like, God, can he make it? I don't think we both were like, oh, here we go. It's going to be a mess. We were both kind of excited uh, that it could happen. Um, has Joseph done enough? That, you know, even if he missed a 45-yard game winner this weekend, would you be like, ah, screw this guy, or has he done enough for you? Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, 
he hit every kick in the last three weeks, I think, and missed just one in the last five or something like that. So maybe it's time to trust him a little bit more. And yeah, we, we were just thinking about maybe just throw deep to Jefferson. Maybe he can make a play, but they went for it and the end it was the right decision. Yeah, and I think that when when Joseph missed those long ones in in succession, I think Matt Daniels, special teams coordinator, said that you know it's correctable, and you know that's hence why he's still employed. And so I think we could stomach like, all right, we don't have a guy who can hit from fifty five anymore. That's fine and dandy. And then the extra missed extra points start piling up, and it's like, all right, this is four bath all over again. Uh, but thankfully for his sake and the rest of us, it seems to be trending in the right direction. Uh, Ron, the next, yeah, Sally, go ahead. I was just to say, I'm su- I was surprised to learn that that was the franchise record because I had it stuck in my head that um, Blair Walsh was really good from mm-hmm. far away. So I was surprised by that. He was, uh, but everything he hit, and he hit a bunch of them, were 54, 55, 53. And I think he didn't have a 60. Nope. No, we, uh, oh. that was only the third field goal attempt over 60 yards in Vikings history. Wow. Yep. Some uh, Fred Cox in like 1971, for some reason, tried one. And then I think Walsh tried one in 20. We don't remember what year it was. But yeah, it's only the third time they even thought about going up from 60 and beyond. And, you know, this one, this one won the damn thing. Uh, Ron, one of the most exciting plays, in my estimation, from the Giants win was Brian Asamoah's force fumble recovery. And then what? 15, 20 yard scamper with it. And he should have had a fumble the week before, but the refs were in no mood for that. So I want to ask you, sir, we're going to be in draft talk season. And let's see the day after the Super Bowl, after the Vikings win the Super Bowl. And I want to ask you, do you think Brian Asamoah can be penciled in as an off ball linebacker, a starter in the event they make a move away from the 30 year olds, Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks? I think he can. I think him when he came out of Oklahoma, um, you know, he was very, very fast player. So I know potentially the knock in this three, four scheme is that he might not be big enough. Uh, but man, does he make an impact when he's out there? He flies around. Um, he get, has great range and clearly those ball skills. Um, like when he, um, you know, he was beat by um, Bellinger on the play, but he knew right away, like when he was going to catch it, that he's coming down in very uh, Charles Tillman like fashion and going straight for the ball. And then to have the wherewithal, not just to, to knock it out, but to be able to pick it up. Cause at first I thought I'm like, great, it's going to go out of bounds. It's not going to matter. Um, but he, it, he rounded himself uh, perfectly to stay in bounds and to be able to get yardage um, after that. So um, I very much think he can be a part of this defense going forward. Um, and I like how they're sprinkling him in now because he's a player where come playoff time, when you need that speed on the field, you can have him in there, whether that's, you know, spying Jalen Hurts or, you know, dealing with, um, you know, McCaffrey out of the backfield, those type of things. He's um, he can be a weapon in that regard. So I'm glad uh, to see him thriving in his role right now. Sally, two 30 year old linebackers. I'm not sure how long, how much longer that's sustainable. Um, do you think Asamoah has, I mean, he's only played like, what is it? 80 something snaps, but every time he's on the field, he does something cool. Have you seen enough? Have you seen enough from him to maybe start to fold in as an, you know, LB one in September? Well, I don't want to get that far ahead, but I, I think he has really made an impact in the limited snaps that he's been in and he deserves to have um, more looks and more opportunities for sure. So. 
Bryant, one thing I wanted to ask you about with the Vikings having clinched the division a week and a half ago, it seems that uh, the head coach is kind of implementing a pitch count for some of the starters. And that's why we've seen awesome. That's why we've seen Josh Metellus and who am I forgetting? There's one other one that we've started to see. Um, but did you ever see that during your playing days where it's not necessarily like meaningless football, but some of the rookies start to get time once the playoffs are, are secured? Yeah, but back when I played, there was two seeds that I had a bye week. Yeah. So I felt like we were kind of <laughs> like, it was kind of a little different. Um, and I only said it because now you only have one. So if you go from two to three, then there's a chance at a certain point. They would rather stay two as long as they can, so they can mm-hmm. have more home games, put it that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did see, like, once you got to a certain point or cleanse a certain thing that other people would, like, get more chances to play. Um, they rotate. That was more like um, like the specialists, like um, like receivers and things like that. Yeah, they would give them more like time. Okay, yeah, because that's what we're starting to see, and it's new, and, it, and it's kind of cool because you get to see what you have, and hopefully these guys make an impact. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you: when uh, was it? Ron talked about Ryan Osawa being a, a more slender linebacker. When you watch today's game. Do you ever see things like that? Like, you know, that guy's tiny for a linebacker compared to how an I play. Do you see examples like that? And it makes you kind of scratch your head. Yeah, I just definitely just had a conversation about that recently. Um, just some skills, positions, even offensive linemen. Some of them are smaller than, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I played um, because it's a different style of being more finesse and being quicker and being able to cut off blocks and things like that. So that's, you know, things are kind of, I guess, evolving to a certain extent and that's what they want right now i guess to make the game look faster or seem faster yeah i'm with you uh yannick i'll ask you about awesome while you're probably the the best draft mind here on the panel um do you think that the vikings will need to invest i guess it'd have to be a first or a third in an off-ball linebacker this year or has awesome showed enough to get the gig if they move on from hicks or kendricks i think he has done he has shown enough to to deserve the right at least to, to fight for a starting job. Um, I think they will draft another one in maybe this year, probably latest next year. Um, yeah, but but I think Asimov should should get his chance. All right, uh, Ron, I want to do this ni- next little exercise with you. Now that we can really start to look at uh, playoff time, and January 14th, 15th, or 16th, the Vikings will host a home playoff game at U.S. Bank Stadium. I want you to, Ron, on uh, on the fly here, rank these five teams that you, you know, from toughest to easiest for the Vikings to play. It would be the Giants, who are probably the most likely to come back, uh, the Commanders, the Lions, the Seahawks, or the Packers. So um, I think weirdly enough, I would put the Lions as the toughest at this point. Um, I think just um, based on the teams that are playing there, I feel like, and I know they just got manhandled by um, by the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, but I think Goff is a competent quarterback and that offense can be troublesome um, and they're good on both fronts. Um, so it's, and I think for me, that's the biggest thing. It's the fronts that may be <clears throat> concerning. Uh, but then again, they have the competent quarterback play. Um, second, um, I would probably be the commanders because again, their defensive line, it, that 
that can be problematic. Um, Chase Young is back. Um, obviously, the Bama boys in the middle with Allen and Deron Payne um, and Montez Sweat. So they have a legit front four um, and a good defense. <clears throat> um, then you'd probably the Packers three because it's still Aaron Rodgers and they're still playing well, although I do think they have a lot of flaws on that team. Um, and then – um, let's see the, it was the giants and the Seahawks, then probably the giants, um, because again, defense, um, they have a defense and a running game. Um, and then the Seahawks, I'm not really concerned about the Seahawks. Their defense is, you know, they allow a ton of yards. Geno Smith isn't the same the last month and a half that he was the first seven, eight weeks. Um, he's kind of, kind of come back to norm. Well, I still think he's a competent starter. He's not the set the world ablaze like he was the first half of the season. So, um, and then again, it's just their defense. They don't have the, you know, the pass rushers that the other teams have. Um, Jordan Brooks is an excellent linebacker, but uh, um, they can be had, um, especially all the, all these teams are coming here. But uh, uh, my theme, I guess, is teams with a good offensive front or defensive front. Those would be the ones that uh, I'd be concerned about most. Sally, is there a team of those five that you want no piece of? Giants, Commanders, Lions, Seahawks, Packers in round one? Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to talk about them here in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. you All know right. my answer. Um, I don't know if I would rather face them, though, or the Lions, because to agree to go off of what Ron said, they always play the Vikings really, really hard, especially since Dan Campbell's been there. And I think... Dan Campbell knows how to scheme against the Vikings pretty well. And as long as he doesn't make his bonehead coaching decisions, he, <laughs> he has a chance. Right. So I, I, cause I think it's about time the lions pull one over. I mean, they should have won, you know, week three or whatever that was. So that would be the team I would probably least like to face. Not as worried about Aaron inside of us bank stadium. What about uh, that you would most enjoy to get a win Seahawks commanders or giants? What was that? Which one? What? Uh, out of which one would you feel most comfortable the week leading up to like, oh, we're playing oh. the commanders. Oh, we're playing the Giants. Um, I guess that would be either the Giants or the Seahawks. I don't not really intimidated by either of those, despite the Vikings just winning by three points against them. Uh, the commanders, because of the reasons um, Ron said with the defense, but now we're going to see Carson Wentz doesn't particularly scare me by any means, but we don't know. We don't really know despite seeing him for the last several years, I don't know how that's going to switch up their offense, hopefully for the worse, but <laughs> uh, Bryant, would you feel uh, nerve wracking at all? If it was the Packers coming to Minnesota for round one of the postseason? Not at all. I think nope. this year that the Vikings had their number. Um, and I just was watching on ESPN earlier. Um, they were talking about the Vikings in the Packers game and they were like, yeah, the Packers well, may have won three in a row, but look who they played and, you know, things like that. And it's like, don't feel like they're on a hot streak. It's just, I don't think this is their season. And I don't think that the Vikings have, the way the way they've been finding ways to win will let a team like the Packers come in and beat them at home. Yannick, I know that you predict the Vikings to win this weekend, or I believe that's what you're hinting at. Do they, do you fear them in round one of the postseason? Um, not really. I mean, they, they just don't play. They just don't play well this season. Um, at the end of the day, it's still Aaron Rodgers, so he could, in theory, go uh, starting to get hot late in the season and in the postseason. And it's 
a one one game could be good in one game, but they just don't play well neither on offense nor on on defense. So I think I'm pretty confident that we will beat the Packers in the postseason if if you had to play them. Well, for anybody that cares, I don't want anything to do with the Packers in round one of the postseason just because it would be like a screenplay where they won five in a row. They've lost two straight at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I just would rather avoid it altogether. Uh, of course, if they end up getting them, beating them, then I'll be the happiest guy in the world. But I would take the commanders out of all the other teams because Vikings should have beat them by about 14 to 17 if it wasn't for a referee crashing into Cameron Bynum. Uh, what about a month and a half, two months ago? And I think just the fact they don't know who their quarterback is uh, would really give me a week full, full of confidence to suggest that the Vikings can put the commanders away pretty handily. The last thing I want to ask you guys about well, before we, yeah. We also have to deal with like at least 35% of their fans in our stadium as well. So yeah. As if that isn't already, ag- you know, aggravating enough. I hear you. I don't really want to deal with that. And first playoff game in like five years. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to ask before we pivot to Packer Week here is Ron Duke Shelley or Cameron Dantzler, starting cornerback for the Vikings in round one of the postseason. Who would you tap for that? Well, I, I mean, Duke Shelley's been playing pretty damn well um, for a guy that's not very big. He's making an impact. Um, he's always seems to be, you know, getting his hand on the ball, um, whether it's a completed pass or not. Um, he's there. Um, with that said, I do think Dantzler showed enough, um, you know, in run support and everything. And obviously with his size, I'm always partial to having the bigger corners outside. Um, especially lately, we've been playing a lot more press man defense because that's what Patrick Peterson, you know, he's our first ballot hall of favor because of that. And I don't know if he can do that with Duke Shelley. I would like to see Duke Shelley take over for um, Shannon Sullivan because other than two touchdowns that didn't, that they took away, man, he sucks at football. Um, like just, he, he doesn't want to make a tackle. He doesn't step up in there at all. Um, and he's always getting beat on plays and he, I hate seeing 39 out there. Um, so hopefully Duke Shelley can uh, take over that spot. Um, but, uh, um, I mean, if, if I think he's proven that, um, he can play on the outside if needed, because Dawson Knox, he had that play, um, and Knox is what, six, five, and he jumped with them. So, so, um, but I would like to see Dantzler out there. Sally, Duke Shelley finally qualified for pro football focuses, minimum snap count. And all of a sudden he's the 14th best corner in football. Would you endorse him just staying there opposite Peterson or go back to Dantzler when he's ready to go? No, I'm a big Duke Shelley fan. Love him. Favorite player currently <laughs> all the way starting job. There's no question about it. Well, that was emphatic. Yannick, what say no, you? Can't argue with pro football focus. No, um, not at all. <laughs> I was facts one, are of, facts. one of Denzler's biggest fans. He was really disappointing so far. Um, I think Shelley deserved the right to start. Maybe they will just split reps and they will see who is playing better. But I think Shelly deserved the right, right to start. And uh, Caleb Evans will also be in the mix, uh, possibly for Week 18 against the Bears, or if they could, they just want to get him ready for postseason depth. Um, but he should be returning soon. All right, so Sally, are you going to this Packers game? 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Highly unlikely. No. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to, but like same reasons as you. I was banking on the tickets being dirt cheap, everyone count- canceling their hotel and Airbnb reservations, and just, you know, picking up the pieces of Green Bay's economy, <laughs> one, you know, piece of trash at a time. And I, now I will not be... <laughs> doing that (laughs) yeah it was we were holding for listeners and viewers we were holding out on exploring packers tickets to go to this game because had they lost on thanks or on christmas then they would have been as close to elimination as you can mathematically get but now because everything happened the way the packers needed to on christmas eve they uh, couldn't have even been eliminated by the Dolphins. And now that they won, they have a real path to the postseason. They need to beat the Vikings and beat the Lions while having the Commanders lose one game. And boom, the Packers are in the postseason. So, correspondingly, the ticket prices went up rather than down. And it's more of a pain in the ass than it was a last week to explore, you know, how you're going to get there, where you're going to sit. Um, but it, if there's any... Uh, for the folks that are making the trip, at least it's not like last weekend's weather where, you know, it was the bomb cyclone. This time it should be in the mid to high 30s. Right. But this is what we get for like counting the Packers out four, six weeks ago and planning how nice it's going to be to go there and to play Jordan Love and it's going to cost $20 and um, Vikings are just going to shut them out. They'll probably rest starters in the second half. These were all the things I started fantasizing about way back when and how much fun we've made of them all season. And I've ne- I still haven't learned my lesson. It's been what, 13 years now of this, you know, 2010 when they got in as a six seed, mm-hmm. I don't know when I will ever figure it out, but this well, is in, how it goes in your defense and the rest of us, they were four and eight. And that, yeah. that is pretty insurmountable. And I mean, even still now, I mean, they would need like a a run, one of the most miraculous runs ever to, you know, do the whole thing. But uh, I don't think you'll, I don't think you're thinking they'll do that. But yes, if if four and eight, they were dead to rights and boom, here they are with a favorable, favorable map Atlas of the NFL lay of the land, because let's see who all lost. The commanders lost, uh, lions lost everything that needed to happen, happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Ron, the Packers are favored by three points. Does that point spread uh, make you surprised or roll your eyes? Or is that kind of what you'd expect? It's kind of what I expect. Um, you know, the home team playing literally if, if it's win or go home, essentially at this point for them. So um, I can understand why they're favored. They are, you know, playing well, um, although they did beat a concussed Tua um, in the second half. Um but uh, they, it doesn't surprise me. I, I mean, Vegas. It, it, it's not like when the Lions or or Cowboys were favored against us, and I was like, "What the hell are they thinking?" When clearly Vegas was right on those. Um, but I think the Lions, you know, perfectly fine. 
that's another thing that when we talked five minutes ago about potential matchups, I bet you the Packers would be the only one that would be favored on wildcard weekend if they come to the Vikings. I don't think they'd be favored here. You don't? Even if no. they have won five in a row and just uh, implying they beat the Vikings two weeks before? Yeah, I still think the the home, and I know that they don't really do the three points for a home team anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I have it. I find it hard to believe a seven seed um, coming into, you know, the two seeds home where um, I, I just have a hard time seeing them set that as the favorite. It may be, you know, closer than expected line, but uh, I don't think they'd be a favorite. By God, I hope they would because then, you know, I hope to make some money off of that one. (laughs) Yeah. And there's some chalkboard material too. Uh, Brian, you sound optimistic about this weekend. The Vikings travel to Lambeau. And they, with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, they've beat the Packers three straight times, if you can believe that. Uh, what makes you optimistic this weekend, good sir? Um, this is a rivalry game, and I feel like everybody's going to play at a higher level just overall. But um, I know the Vikings are, you know, ready about, you know, continue to keep their two seed. And then if you get past the um, Green Bay, you only got one more game to worry about. So, I mean, it's a rivalry game. Everybody's going to play hard. Sally, what's your temperature? Week 17 at Lambeau. Not, not feeling like, good. Not, not like feeling it. good. Yep, me no. neither. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. Um, no. I, right. I did want to ask you, do you think, because so it is a rivalry game, obviously, and we know how what that means for the players, but in the sense of being able to send your arch rival packing for the winter or you know the rest of the winter, um, does that bring you extra motivation as well? The fact that, hey, we ended your season, you're done. Yeah, it's a team that's they've done the same to each other back and forth. So, um, yeah, and to be able to go in Lambo and come out with a win, I feel like that's something big. I just know all week long how coach start like on these guys, and I just feel like Minnesota overall has the edge. Like, I don't like uh, the commentators were saying earlier. I don't really look at Green Bay because they put out these three wins these past week. Like, I don't look at it as like they're on the street. I just just haven't pulled out three wins, but I don't think they're. I don't think they're overmatched for the um, for the Vikings. I don't like it because it would be very odd for the Kirk Cousins led Vikings to beat the Packers four straight times. It just doesn't feel like that is written, you know, in the in the history books. Uh, I don't. It's at home, and the Packers have everything to play for. Whereas it wouldn't be four either way though. Or well, Kirk Cousins led. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking yeah. of the yeah the, the no, Manning, Kirk. Yeah. Kirk for some reason has their yeah. number, which is which is fantastic. But the reason that I'm skeptical, like Sally, about this is that I can totally see myself at 8 p.m. Sunday night being like, well, yeah, the Vikings didn't really have too much to play for. The Packers had everything. This is a postseason game for the Packers. So I'm not, and I, that's probably my Zimmer brain thinking, like the way the Vikings used to do things. Um, but it was right when I forecasted, or we forecasted the Eagles beating the Vikings in week two. So I just have a feeling that the hunger won't quite be there, like that uh, desperation that the Packers have. And that's why when uh, Yannick decided, like, hey, let's just go to the playoff game, I was like, good. I don't this this young man's not going to have to see a loss at Lambeau because I I am firmly. In belief, the Packers are going to win this game as as much as folks don't want to hear that. That's where I am. Yannick, this is your time to give a rebuttal because you seem to be, you're with Bryant here, that there is a pathway to victory. Um, Yeah. Uh, Rutgers is good. We obviously hear that a lot during the broadcasts. <laughs> um, Christian Watson didn't practice today. Um, I think 
the Packers passing offense is a disaster. Of course, our passing defense is a disaster. So maybe we can look better than in other games. Um, their running defense is pretty bad. So maybe another Dalvin Cook day. Um, but I think it's a tough matchup because the Packers basically have a playoff game and we play for nothing. Maybe JJ's record, but that's it. Um, so it will be will be a tough matchup. Brian, before we sign off for the night, for any first-time listeners, uh, walk us back through the 2004 postseason game. Uh, when you guys were heading there as the underdogs <clears throat> in your own right, did the team that evening fully, or is that late afternoon? I can't remember. Did you fully expect to win that game, or were you as surprised as uh, the rest of us? I think um, I thought we thought we could win, but we knew it would be a t- it would be tough. One because it was a home, it was a Lambeau Field, and then it was Brett Favre, I and mean, he was finding ways to win games, stuff like that too. But sometimes going into the game, like you, you, the whole goal is a win, but once you get in it and you realize that you're in it, and like oh, it's not you know as bad or as hard as you think, um, you can see like okay, we can pull this out. We still need to see photos from of you of that game with your afro out. I know you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys took, hey. I thought I, I, I had one from a while back, like, but my helmet was on, but you could see like the hair, like, you know, come from the bottom and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that started from um, me having my hair out, um, um, the, you know, the day, that Friday, and I was supposed to get it braided. That was the season that you guys were seven and four and finished the season eight and eight. So when the playoffs came around, we were like, God, can we even compete? And then, you know, you stuck it to them. um, And, you know, one of the more memorable games ever for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was was a good game. Sally, am I missing anything tonight that you want to cover? No, not really. Um, I mean, the only thing I was going to add, I think, mm-hmm. Dustin, you kind of hit it on the head with what you're saying with this game doesn't mean as much. Aaron Rodgers is obviously very fired up right now. Now, they wouldn't have won that game without the defense last week shutting um, the Dolphins out in the second quarter, obviously, with those interceptions. But I think you can tell that that old personality is back and it's really fired up. So I think I, I could have seen it last week going. Um, I could have seen them losing to the giants if the giant, cause the giants had a lot to play for. So I could have seen them getting complacent that didn't happen. So that gives me some hope, but Daniel Jones is no Aaron Rodgers, So I, that's all. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the, I take a little bit of solace in knowing that there's still very weird Rogers things that are happening. Even against the dolphins, there were certain throws. There's like four throws that I remember counting on my hand thinking like, God, there's just something not right. And, and if it's the mm-hmm. thumb, it's the thumb, or if it's just, he's starting to decline, that would be even more glorious. Uh, but to your point, he's still finding ways or maybe his defense is to, you know, intercept the concussed Tua and find a way to get it done. Um, I think ultimately, I'm picking the Packers about 30 to 23. And Ron, what do you got? Well, I actually think that, um, yes, the Packers have everything to play for and it will be difficult. But I think the Vikings, um, and I think with Kevin O'Connell, I think they will be preached at. Um, they still have a lot to play for. Their second seed is not a guarantee. And the Niners have a cakewalk um, to two wins. They're playing Jared Stidham, Stidham this week. And then um, a team that I don't think, 
I don't know if it's Cardinals or whatever. Some, yeah. Cardinals. So, yep. So they have two easy wins that they could throw out their fourth string quarterback in and and get it. Josh Johnson might get the win on uh, week eighteen, but uh, um, so they're very much on the Vikings' heels. I think that um, the advantage of being able to, or, and then the fact that the first seed is still up for grabs because Jalen Hurts. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Um, another big injury that they took this week was uh, you know steroid boy and Lane Johnson. Um, you know, apparently the steroids don't help your ab muscles very well. So, um, but that's a huge loss because he's a monster of a player and he, you know, they, their strength is offensive line. So they could very well lose the next two games as well. Um, so I think, but that neither here nor there, but I think getting firm, um, hold on the two seed and the Vikings will need to likely win out for that to happen. So, um, I think that has added motivation in itself. So I think that combats, the, the Packers being up against the wall. And then I just think we're a better team. So um, I do have us winning, um, you know, purple Kool-Aid or whatnot, but um, I think 27, 23, um, it'll be a close game one way or another, but uh, um, I don't think it'll be a last second field goal. That'll be needed this time. But I think JJ is going to go off whether or not they're, they put Alexander on him or not, but uh, the weather, the weather is going to be good for us. So not going to be too cold it's not uh you know it's not going to be manning out there so i think uh i think we'll pull it out uh two interesting facts about the lead up or what to play for the eagles play at noon so the vikings should know by the time they kick off if the one seed is still attainable and washington plays the browns at noon so in theory if washington wins then it is an honest to goodness elimination game for uh, the Vikings to eliminate the Packers um, because, well, let's see. Did I screw that up? Because Washington still had, no, Washington has to uh, lose one of the games. I have to see who they play the final week, uh, but they'll have, they'll have a good indication either way on Philly and Washington heading into their game. Um, if they can, you know, really take it to the Packers. Sally, what's your score prediction? Uh, I really don't want to say it out loud, but. Um, oh, a spanking, huh? The, no, the oh. Packers haven't scored, have only scored 30 points once this year. So I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Um, I'm going to go like a 22 to 17. Okay. Packers. Well, that's fair. Don't, I don't want to. I hope <laughs> I'm apologizing Sunday night for this. I, I really don't think you'll have to, but let, let's pray that we both have to. Bryant, what's your score? I'm going to go 24 17, the Vikings. Ooh, okay. We like it. We like Confidence. it. <laughs> yeah, he's been the most confident of the bunch. No, he is. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's been right most of the season, so I love it. All right, Yannick, you got the last word, my friend. Um, So I, I'm picking two score games every week, and it never happens. So I'll just. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, maybe 23, 20 Vikings. Okay. And that means Joseph is going to be the difference maker or not quite? Yeah, in overtime. <laughs> of course it has to be. It's got to be a squeaker of some sort. Yeah, it's like every week we come on the show, there's a new thing that was really cool as to how the Vikings won. And one thing I tweeted last night that I want to – I was thinking about – you know, after the Bears game, I'll I'll try to come up with the top moments of the regular season. And I started brainstorming them. And I was like, holy God, I'm going to need like a top 30 uh, <laughs> because of like there, there's so many. Like, let's take, for instance, the Bears game when Cameron Dantzler just ripped the ball away from Amir Smith-Marset in a regular season. 
that might have been the most memorable moment, you know, because the game is on the line. He just said, here, give me that ball. But I don't even know if that would crack the top 10 this year because there could have been 10 moments in the Bills game alone. And it's like I was saying, like, they're, it feels like they're exercising all these demons and, or, you know, like playing, like if there's a Vikings bingo card, the only thing that's missing is a, an offensive pass interference going in our favor to, you know, attain for the Cowboys, uh, you know, Drew Pearson all those years ago. It seems like everything else that has haunted us year mm-hmm. over year, it's something like whether it's fourth quarter comebacks, miss, you know, making game winning kicks or, um, you know, special teams, you know, getting a block in, you know unheard of moments of fumble at the goal just all these random things so um like if if uh, an offensive pass interference goes our way um in the, these last two weeks i think it would be safe to say we're a team of destiny and that's uh <laughs> um that you know that something good is about to happen yeah that's that that can be the litmus test remember uh was it 2020 <laughs> down in tampa when brady threw up that end of half hell mary and there was a pass interference which i still have never seen yes because it was gronk and brady <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. They've uh, never called that in the history of the NFL on, <laughs> a, you know, a pass interference on a Hail Mary call. And then all of a sudden, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else from the group? Nada? No. No. All right. We'll be back Wednesday to crunch uh, Packers aftermath and then the Bears in the final week. And that's all we got. All right, guys. All right. Let's Alrighty. go. Let's all go. right. Talk to you next right. week. Later. Have a good one, guys. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.